It's gorgeous out. Let's pop some dots. This is the Updog Podcast, a blend of upland and waterfowl hunting. Tune in as your hosts, Tyler Beaton, Jeff Ludicky, Matt Jeske, chat about training dogs and share their bird hunting stories, tactics, and strategies. Welcome to another episode of the Up Duck Podcast. On this episode, we are going to continue our gear talk and we're talking upland gear today. Before we do that, though, let's do some introductions. So my name is Tyler Peden. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host, the rooster assassin, Jeff Ludicky, and the Mississippi Riverboat Gambler, Matt Jeske. What's up, fellas? The Riverboat Gambler is the best. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's never going to get old. I like it's that one. It's good. I, I can't. Uh, you guys have earned those nicknames. I, I, they're they, they're going to stick for a while. We have. Did we come up with one for you last episode? I don't even remember. I don't think so. Oh, we got to think about this. Think we can't. We can't, we can't be the only two that. Yeah. Have, well, uh, yeah. well, now that your phone texts me, we can we can text back and forth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. We'll come up with something good for you, Tyler. Don't you worry. <laughs> there, there was a joke there, folks, uh, where Jeff and Matt tried to exchange text messages, and and uh, Jeff pretty much ghosted Matt. So yeah. there you go. It's great uh all right fellas what okay what are we drinking tonight i have a three sheeps three sheeps pills i think i had this one a couple episodes ago still working through the pack in the refrigerator here is it is it a thumbs up thumb sideways yeah, thumbs it's, down it's good it's good it's, it's light i like it okay that wasn't very convincing well you know it's nothing special but it's good it's from uh from Wisconsin for Wisconsin. That's what their uh, advertisement is. Great. Okay. Matt, what what is on your desk tonight? Got uh, Angry Orchard Tropical Hard Cider. Ooh, yummy. Yeah, that's good. Fruity. That is good. I had, mm-hmm. I Riverboat had Gambler drinking the ciders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rooster assassin has taken down sheep tonight. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, okay i'm mixing it up from water tonight I'm getting oh. living on the wild side here we got crystal light peach mango green tea you got some vodka in there uh no oh that would have that paired nicely i think i i think so yeah probably would have there's a lot of things that would pair nicely but we're not going back and redoing the pilot episode all over again all right that was just i just can't do it all right. Um, okay. Uh, but anything else before we before we just jump right into the upland gear talk? Well, Mac Mac has some news, right? He got another master pass. He did. Yeah. He uh, we ran. Let's see. Not last weekend. The prior weekend. Yeah. Picked up another master pass. So three more to go, and he'll have his master hunting title. We run in two days. So um, oh. we're recording on the eighth of June here, and uh, we run on the tenth and eleventh. And then hopefully just twice more in July, and then that's done. So there's five total. He's got two out of the five? Uh, six total. Oh, six so total. He's, yeah, he's got three out of the six. It should be like four, but I, we scratched from a test last year, and then I missed the sign-up for one because, I don't know, because I wasn't paying close enough attention. So, yeah, that was well, good. Congratulations to you and Mac. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. That's good. That was good. Anything else? Any updates from you guys? No, nothing on my end. Nope. I'm looking at some long johns. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, save that. Save that. Actually, you know what? Oh, okay. All no, right. no, don't save it. That's a perfect segue. It okay. is. Upland. Let's, let's gear. start with clothing, right? Yeah. Let's start. Start with clothing, Jeff. Why don't you? Why don't you kick it off? Okay. You're in the field. You're going upland hunting. What goes in your plastic tote, and then what goes on you before you leave the house? Oh, geez. Um, well, I, I bring all kinds of stuff. I'm, I tend to be an overpacker, as as you know, Tyler. My plastic totes get overloaded and then break, and then I have yes. to buy a new one because they're too heavy and throw my back out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a kind of a whole variety of upland stuff. I, I really don't have a particular brand similar to Waterfall. I do have an Orvis shell jacket that I bought two years ago that I, I really, really like. 
Uh, so I primarily just wear that, you know, with a long sleeve shirt or something on underneath it, uh, depending on what the weather is like. Um, for pants, I usually will probably just throw on an old pair of Carhartts. I do have some brush pants, but they're really heavy and thick and you can't move around too well in them. So that was another thing that I, I kind of want to get this next year is looking to getting a, a little bit better of a pair of brush pants. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, it's really just a big mixture of things. You know, I throw some flannels in there and some fleece jackets and, and all kinds of stuff just because you never really know what you're going to run into. Mm. What do you, what do you wear during early season? Like what's your go-to when it's hot, right? Opener in Wisconsin's mid October. It's usually like 65 degrees. 65 degrees. Um, yeah, I mean, hot. I'm probably just wearing a, a really light. Uh, I have like a wicking type long sleeve blaze orange shirt that I wear. I think it's from duck camp. I think that's the brand. Uh, I bought a couple of their long sleeve shirts, which I like a lot. They're really light. Um, so that's, that's primarily what all I would wear. Just a baseball hat. The one that I have on right here, the old gun dog outpost. There it is. There it OG. is. Nice. nice. Very nice. Excellent. Well done. Okay. All right. Makes sense. What do you like? What do you do? I mean, do you, do you layer up when it's, when you get to later season and it's cold or do you have like a big heavier jacket that you wear? I don't have a big heavy jacket. Um, I would really just put a whole bunch of layers on underneath my shell jacket that I have, uh, whether it be fleece, you know, a long sleeve shirt, maybe a thermal. And then we were just talking about this before we started recording, but I have the, the old school Under Armour um, long john type, the, the shirt, the long sleeve shirt and the pants. But I don't really know if they even do anything anymore. They're, they're super old. I mean, they're probably 20 years old. So that was one of the things I was just looking at on First Light's website, actually. Uh, the, they have these zip-off long johns that apparently you don't have to take your boots off to remove them. So you can just drop your pants, unzip your long johns, put your pants back up, boots on the whole time, and you're good to go. So I'm looking at getting something like that. I, uh, I need you to test that out for me. Tell me if it's worth it. I mean, it seems legit. Yeah, it does. It does. My buddy has a pair of them, and he really, really likes them. So he's been he's been trying to convince me to pull the trigger on them. Um, so I might. It's it's a pricey investment, but I was just listening to another podcast, the OKS Hunter podcast, and they were saying that you should invest the most money on your your next to skin gear because that's the most critical in terms of wicking and warmth and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, shout out to the OKS Hunter podcast, also a podcast on the OKS podcast network, which we're a part of. So perfect. Nice reference. Was that Derek talking about that? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah, Derek is a Derek is a very skilled hunter. I try to listen whenever he's whenever he's speaking, because there's usually something very intelligent that I don't know coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that's really it for me. But what about you, Tyler? Matt? I don't know. I'll go for it, Matt. I'm I'm similar as the I don't wear brush pants. I've just got an old pair of Carhartt type pants that I wear. Um, they're getting pretty worn, so that might be something in the next year or two that a couple more trips or trips out to the pheasant farm and they're not gonna I don't think they'll last too long. They're pretty beat up. But as far as like upper, I mean I have an orange sweatshirt from my, you know, HRC club. Try to wear that as long as I can through the season or, you know, early season, as long as it's not too hot and then layer up under it or over it with a vest or something. It just really depends on the weather. Otherwise I'll just wear a lot of my, my duck stuff and have an orange hat on or something, whatever keeps me legal. Basically just enough to keep me warm. Yeah. What, what do how much orange do you have to have on to be legal in Iowa? Is it like 50% of your upper 50% body? 50% of one item, I think. I think that's what it is in Wisconsin too, yeah. So like if you had an orange stocking cap on or like winter hat, that's that's it. You're, you're good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which I think yeah. at a minimum, an orange hat is probably I was gonna say, a good idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then you get your vest that's hopefully got some orange on it and hopefully <laughs> right. another layer, but yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. And yeah, yeah, I mean there's a there's a similar theme that's that's going on here right which is <clears throat> uh upland gears seems to be like clothing wise we're seeming to just kind of like 
randomly throw things together with whatever works because I'm very similar in that vein. I have a pair of, they are brush pants, they're upland hunting pants, brush pants. They are approaching 20 years old. They're like the, they are the Wrangler Pro Guide upland pants. I just Googled them. I didn't know that. Apparently they're still being made. They're 60 bucks retail. I got them when I was 15 or 16. Um, and it's essentially just a pair of jeans, right? Basically, yeah. But they're they're the ones I wore in Iowa. So they're like brown and then they have like the heavier brush part. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Mine, mine are not like the jeans that you, they don't have like a jean component. They feel like jeans. They're super heavy. They're very hard to move around in. Like if you got to step up high or something like that, you're probably going to get pinched right around the crotch. Um, so they they work though, and they're warm, which means they're great for late season type hunts. Like when we were out in Iowa and it was freezing, um, they were they were big when I got them. So you know they're still big now, and I can put like pants i don't remember what i had like sweatpants or a pair of sweatpants underneath when we were in iowa when it was like zero degrees out and sleeting so they were great for that um otherwise yeah i have you know i have a few orange sweatshirts now that i'll wear um for upper body upper layers and then i'll just layer up with some hiking gear if it's colder and if i need a shell jacket i have that black columbia shell jacket which i'll wear it's got the got the hole in the elbow from the dog that chewed a hole in it um which is unfortunate and i'll wear that if i need something to, to cut the wind on, on my upper body but yeah orange hat um and then just layers that's pretty much it just a random smorgasbord of stuff yeah, it kind of seems like that's like you said that's so common in the upland space it's like everybody spends the money on the boots and potentially the vest but everything else that's underneath it is just a hodgepodge of whatever you have laying around that might be orange <laughs> seriously it's in yeah. like about think about like how much money like we could invest or you know not me obviously because i i don't own it but you guys have some some nicer waterfowl gear that you're wearing right and then right. we're just yeah. we're just wearing random orange sweatshirts that are in our closet that we might I think wear, you, like, you add that water component to it and that just really changes everything you know yeah it's fair that's, that's actually really the good. potential of getting wet i think just adds a whole nother component to how necessary it is to get nice gear you know in the waterfall game and yeah. for me it's a function of how much you're you're upland hunting versus how much i'm spending you know in the marsh right so if i'm hunting 15 or 20 days on trips or around town, you know, duck hunting. That's where I'm gonna spend more money on than if I go to the, you know, pheasant farm twice a year and maybe on an Iowa trip or something like that, four or five, five days maybe total out there. So I think that's part of it too. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that's just so awesome about pheasant hunting or upland hunting in general. You could literally just throw on a pair of boots and grab your dog and go out and hunt. That's, that's all you need. Yep. It's cool. It's fun. Barrier barrier entry is low for sure. Yeah. yeah. In terms of clothing, yeah, definitely. Yes. So that's good. Um, okay. What about Matt? What what about gloves? What do you wear for gloves upland hunting? I hate wearing gloves hunting. Um, but I've got uh oh man, I don't remember the name of the the Sika gloves that I have. They're just like the leather kind, and I wear them all year round for everything. Um, those are the ones I've kind of found. They're they're nice shooting gloves. So I wear those duck hunting or at the trap range or pheasant hunting. That's kind of what I'm they're not very warm, but they just break the wind enough. So, you know, it just keeps that wind off your hands enough. Um that's that's pretty much what I'm settled on because anything thicker than that I, I can't stand, especially on my shooting hand. That's just a personal preference, but no, that's okay. I yeah. I I hate I hate having cold hands. So yep. I like wearing gloves. <laughs> uh do you do you shoot with gloves jeff i i do but i usually have light gloves on i mean if i don't if i don't need them i'm not going to wear them yeah. but if it's you know under 30 degrees and you're walking around I'll, yeah. I'll i'll definitely have like a light pair of like fleece gloves or something uh i just bought a pair of under armor ones um, which were nice off at amazon and i i bought a pair of nomad um turkey hunting gloves this last spring and i actually wear those because they have the the thumb and the index finger cut out um you know so you still have that dexterity for using your call and things like that um so i might try those too because it's nice having your trigger finger open yep 
good. Yeah. Good. I have um I have a pair of like leather deer skin, like specifically designed for upland hunting <clears throat> gloves. They are not warm. So anything below 30 degrees and for that until I really get the blood pumping for just a good like 20, 25 minutes, you know, hanging on, hanging on to my my gun, my fingers just go numb. So I think I didn't those freeze up on you last year when we were out on a hunt last year or the year before. And I had to borrow you like a spare pair that I had in my vest. Maybe. Yeah. And I, and I shrunk them actually to, um, I had an incident where I didn't realize it, but from training I had left, I had, I had left the gloves and my vest and all of my upland gear I had taken it off and I put it in a plastic tote and sealed it up. This is probably five years ago, pre kids. And I had left a chucker in there and it was in there for months. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, so you can imagine. Thing. Yeah. You could imagine what that smelled like. And I must have washed everything in there 10 times to try to get that smell out. Oh, um, man. I, I did. <laughs> but those gloves, they like shrunk up too. So they're like, they're like, they're like tight though too. They're probably yeah. too tight. They might cut off a little circulation. What I actually found last year, which was random, but the gloves I preferred to wear are a pair of North Face hiking gloves. Uh, it's very, they're just black. They're, you know, you can't really get them wet. They don't really resist, not water resistant at all, but um, they're, they're a little bit warmer. Um, you have great dexterity with them. I just kind of stumbled into it because we had a bunch of hiking gear from pre-kids and I just needed some gloves and I grabbed them one time. I'm like, these are actually perfect, like perfect. Now I put holes in them already, so I'm going to have to buy some new ones, but those worked, those worked out pretty well for gloves. Now, when you guys were kids, did you just wear these massive old gloves and try to hunt with these things i remember as a kid walking around with like the ones that would fold over and turn into yes, i was just gonna ask if you had yeah. those like cut off and they flip over with the little velcro piece oh i still terrible. have those in my box i don't and use I them but it's more of like, like underneath nostalgia. them too. yeah yeah and yep. I, you could barely get the safety off with these things yep. but i i swear it's all i wore when i was a little kid because my hands were always frozen Yep, my left hand would always have the mitten part on because at least you could like grab the front of your gun and then you'd hope to have to flip open your other glove fast enough to get your yeah. trigger finger out. <laughs> and yep. some of them had like the magnets or the Velcro on the back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> back in the day, yeah. you had to be careful with those magnet ones too if you had a compass, you know, before they had <laughs> GPS and all that. The the magnets of the gloves would actually screw with your compass. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's good. Yeah, I remember. I remember that those two, and then like the dog would get birdie, and you're like, you know, yanking yeah. it back and mm -hmm. like getting ready, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the little velcro would rip off, and then eventually they'd just be like flopping yeah. around everywhere, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was good. That's good. Um. Okay. What's next? Boots. Boots. Where we spend our money. Yeah. Mm. Matt, what are you rocking for boots? I've got a, I don't remember the exact pair, but they're Solomon hiking boots. So I don't know, a couple of years ago, bought really nice hiking boots after having a pair for like 15 years before that finally wear out. So spent a bunch of money at REI on a really nice pair. And it turns out they're perfect for, for upland hunting because they're basically waterproof, super comfortable for long hikes. And like, I can, I can lace them up in the morning, wear them all day and I feel fine at the end. So. That's kind of what I'm, what I've got going. Right, so how many years have you had those, Matt? Sorry, I think I missed that. Part. Probably like five years now, maybe. Oh wow! And they don't leak yeah. or anything still. Mm -mm. It's awesome. No, I'm, I don't have a problem wearing them when they're super wet out or anything. Yep. Nice, Jeff. You've got a nice set of boots. Yeah, you just reconditioned them too, right? I did. Yeah, I um, I bought a pair of Irish setters. I had an, I have an older pair of Irish setters that was like the, um, it was the leather toe, but then the rest of it was fabric. You know, they tend to only last like one or two years. And then it seems like your socks get wet after that. So I bought a pair of the Irish setter wing shooters, but they're just full leather boots. And I've, I've loved them so far. I, I ended up getting the non-insulated version, kind of went back and forth, um, whether or not I would think I would need that. But I'm glad I went with the non-insulated. 
Um, my feet have not gotten cold at all, even without the insulation. And what's great about the Irish setters, if you get them from like your local Red Wing store, for the life of your boots, after the season or however many times you want, you bring them into the Red Wing store, they put new laces, uh, they look for any issues and repair, they seal them for you and clean them up and give them back to you like within a day. So it's, I mean, you could do that for life. I mean, I handed them to them and it was, they did not need new laces, but they threw new laces on because that's part of the program. Hmm. So then they go back in the basement for until the fall and we're good to go. Awesome. Yeah. And I think you can bring any red wing boot into the store and have them do the same thing. I don't even think you need to necessarily buy it from the red wing store. You can just bring in any pair from fleet farm or wherever you get them and they'll, they'll do it for you for free. It's good. So, yeah. Highly recommend the, uh, the Irish setter wing shooters. It's good. I've got, um, so like early season type stuff, I've got a pair of hiking boots as well. A pair of Merrell's that I bought uh, probably six years ago. Love, love them. They're super comfortable. They're not waterproof. They're water resistant. So you get into real wet stuff and your, your feet are going to get a little bit wet, um, but they're lightweight. They're not very warm though. And so, you know, when it gets a little bit later and colder, you know, into December or into guiding season, if you're at, you're at game or game farm seasons, I call it like after the season closes in January, February, I've got a pair of Danners, not like the really, really top of the line Danners, but a, just a pair of Danners, or the probably $180, $200 boot that I wear. It's like my, it's my all purpose boot. Um, they're very warm. I wear them deer hunting as well. Uh, I wore them out in Iowa. Um, on those cold days, I think I wore the hiking boots on maybe the first day we were out there. So I mix it up, but those are my, I'll flip back and forth between those two. Yeah. I've heard Danner is really good. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I do really like my Danners. Um, just going to ride them out until I wear them out. Essentially. I don't really both pairs of boots. I really like my Merrell's. I'm a big fan of those hiking boots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're probably super light, aren't they? They are Usually the hiking so boots light. are crazy yeah. light. They're so light and you just, you can just cover ground in them. And have you guys like, ever looked into like the crispy boots? I have because my coworker swears by them. He's a big, big time deer hunter in Iowa. And then he's, he goes on a Colorado elk trip every year. Um, and he swears by them, but I've, I've never looked into them up until recently when he was, we were talking about boots. They're they're extremely expensive, aren't they? Yeah, but it's it's supposed to be like the top of the top of the top, yeah. quality wise. Yeah, that's uh yeah crispy. I've heard of them. They're like uh they're gonna be up there with uh probably like the Chanae's boots too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, a relatively new brand, isn't it? They're I think I, I heard of them through the Meat Eater podcast. Okay. That a few years ago, I think I think they sponsored it, and I think they're based out in Montana. So, it doesn't but yeah. Daybreak, Daybreak Outdoor? I think they sponsor. They're sponsored by that company as well. I think they do. Maybe. Don't they do a bunch of waterfall stuff now as well? Oh, good question. You're asking. You're asking the wrong person about boots here. Let's see, we're thinking of the same brand. Mm hmm. Look in here. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, we're all over the. We're just taking it. We're taking a quick break here to do a little Google Google research. <laughs> Go grab a beer, listeners. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a quick back. Quick bathroom break. Quick back. I didn't see anything on Shanae's website. I was just looking right now. Yeah. That specifically a different, is different brand. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, yeah, and then you guys, I think Matt, you have a pair of Alpha Alpha Burleys, don't you? Lacrosse boots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you wear I'll those. Wear them if it's, I mean, if it's like super, like if it snowed out and it wasn't too cold, I might wear those because yeah, I have the uninsulated pair. But the I uninsulated love those. You said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love those boots. And yeah. Those, as those soon as the amazing. heel wears through farther than they are right now, I'll probably buy another pair when I get them on yeah. sale. 
And that's, for those of you that don't know, those are the lacrosse Alpha Berkeley yeah. Pros, I think, are the ones that I have. But those might be the insulated ones. I'm not sure. Yeah. I have the 1,600-gram ones, so I got the, the thick ones. But yeah, those things are, are great. Surprisingly, for, you know, 1,600 grams, they're actually really easy to walk around in. Um, and your, your feet are definitely not going to get wet if you're wearing those. Oh, they're so comfortable. I mean, I wear them every Sunday morning training. My my uninsulated ones. Those are like my go-to. Tyler, you have you have a pair of rubber boots? I have a $20 pair of rubber boots. Um, they're uninsulated. The they don't offer school, a lot of like, support. Just oh, like yeah. rubber. The traditional brown yes. rubber. With <laughs> just flop all over the place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got to go see the chiropractor after you wear them kind of boots. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Whatever works, man. It keeps your feet dry, though, doesn't it? It it does. I You know, like I'll they're 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 like in my training boot for the summer when i'm training early in the morning and there's there's dew on the grass like so much yeah. that it'll soak through the other pair of hiking boots that i have i'll just wear those because then my feet don't turn black like they do when i wear crocs so <laughs> you wear crocs crocs with socks i always get in oh. trouble if i put crocs with socks Why? wife loves that i don't understand it's so much more comfortable that. oh it is well, you get the, you can get, you know, blisters on the side of your feet, especially if the Crocs get wet, you know, yes. you're walking around, you get those blisters on the side, you yeah. put the socks on, no problem. Bingo. Perfect. So much more I comfortable. I don't see what the big deal is. I don't either. Crocs with socks is, is the way to go. Yes, I, I concur. I will say, so on the rubber boot train here, as we're talking about that, the pair of rubber boots that I want to buy is a pair of gum leaf. USA rubber boots. <clears throat> so they are, are they, actually are they more than twenty dollars? Oh yes. Significantly more than twenty dollars. <laughs> um well forty uh, is twice yeah. the price. So that's yeah. significant. Two hundred percent. Let's go with like uh three thousand percent or something like that. So they they are fairly well known in the upland space, I believe. Um, but yeah, they're they're fairly you know fairly high price tag boot but they're very very nice um i would wear them i would wear them deer hunting as well too because you can get the really really nice insulated ones they're just yeah. they're really high quality boots i've talked with them about getting them for years and they just have never pulled the trigger no better time than now yeah right there but at, the more that we do this podcast the more i'm realizing how much stuff i need to buy or want to buy and maybe just how frugal i actually am yeah, right? Every, yeah everything your, is list, like, your list grows especially with this gear series every episode it's just no ching 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 we didn't we we talked dogs earlier and it was like wow i need to really buy i need to buy this and this and this and this and man oh man jess is over there shut up guys he doesn't yeah, need any uh, more crap yeah. <laughs> so oh, goodness what, gracious what's next vests you want to talk about what do you want to talk about vest guns let's do vests let's okay. do vests vests are fun tyler right? i i know you need you need a new vest right why don't you start I, I do. I'm I'm rocking the good old fashioned Alps outdoors upland vest, right? That was like, the like first... one of the original tactical vests, right? Yeah, like the first backpack style tactical vest, right? It came out. I was really excited at the time. It was like really expensive from the market standpoint. Since then, they're still at like the hundred fifty dollar price point, and obviously, there's other top of the line ones that are significantly better. Um, as you saw, both of you saw in Iowa, my best my vest is barely orange anymore the zipper that holds the game uh pouch is broken um does not zip so yeah i definitely need a new vest that would be an no, understatement and you think you would go a tactical vest if you got a new one right uh yeah yes yes so definitely i don't know i've looked at various brands for a few years um you know whether whether it's um uh you know hunt ready or um chief upland or any of the other top of the line ones too um like the one you have jeff you know um which you'll talk about here in just a second i i've looked at them i just haven't i just haven't ever pulled the trigger um so that's coming though at some point it's coming because it's I, it's getting to the point that it's unusable mm -hmm. 
And and honestly, I want one with better features. There's some some of the things I think it's probably because it's such an early design that I don't like about it. And like the the ammo pouches are like way back. You actually have to like kind of like kink your arm in a funny position to get more shells out. So it's not efficient at all. Among other things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I need a new vest. That's the that's the main point here. Yeah, it's a great thing with these tactical vests. It seems like all the big players are, you know continuously innovating and coming out with new attachments for the vests. Um, and the, the product list is just ever growing, which is, it's cool to see. It is. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just designed better though, too. Right. That was mm-hmm. like the first, first to market or one of the first to market and, you know, things have just improved since then. Right. So, all right, actually, you know what, Jeff, why don't we save you? We're going to save gonna you. Say, Jeff should go left. Yeah. Last yeah. For sure. Yeah, Matt, Matt, you're up. You're up to bat yeah. here. I've got a Filson uh, game mesh game bag, I think it's called, or game vest. It's just a super basic. I kind of bought it actually for dog training mostly. Turns out it's just as good of an upland vest, um, but it's super basic. It's got like the canvas pouches and stuff, and that's kind of like the Filson style, you know. And it's the real like traditional yeah. upland type look, yeah. right? Yeah, it's got the it's got orange like a mesh back, so you're kind of safe there, and then orange on the pockets. But it's great later in the year because it's only got just two straps. So you know if you're wearing your thicker clothes, it doesn't really cut in. But like if you take it out beginning of the year, early November and stuff, and you got any kind of weight, water and stuff on it, those those straps cut into your shoulders real bad. It's not exactly comfortable, but I just can't pull the trigger on something else unless I find it. I, I search marketplace, but haven't haven't gotten anywhere with it yet. Well, if you start upland hunting more, you know, and, and yeah, that is, you know, it 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 makes sense. It'd be for you easier to, to pull yeah. the trigger on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, yeah, it seemed you didn't seem to have an issue hauling around those three big roosters out. No, that, that wasn't day. a problem. Heavier jackets, see, it wasn't a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it looked it looked good. I, you know, I don't, I had only seen those once or twice before, and I was, yeah, it does a job. I mean, yeah, I was like, oh wow, that'd be an upgrade from what I'm wearing right now. Well, when the birds are falling out, yeah, it's probably yes, yeah. usually a problem. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you you are up to bat, sir. Yeah. Um, so vest is something that I've kind of nerded out, I guess you could say, over the last year or so. I I know you guys have probably heard me talk about it on previous episodes that I tend to have some back issues, um, especially when I'm hunting with Tyler. Um, so I I was wearing like the traditional like browning vest um like all one piece um typical just a typical upland vest that you would see and i was constantly having issues with my back especially if i'd put birds in there i'd have to go back to the truck and drop birds off and and things like that um so after that i decided i i needed to invest um in a vest invest in a vest um, that would properly distribute the weight you know to reduce the the stress and fatigue on my back so i did a lot of research um, I, I knew I wanted a tactical vest. I liked that the idea that you could take pieces on and off and swap out different components of the vest. Um, I thought that was really neat. So I looked for probably six months. I mean, I was probably driving my wife crazy, sitting on the couch, looking at vests for, for as long as I did and watching videos and reading reviews. Um, but I, I ended up settling on a final rise summit vest. Um, and Matt Davis is the the founder of Final Rise, and he has a, a lot of really cool stuff um, on his website. And I don't want to get too crazy because there there's a chance we might have a, a guest here that might want to talk a little bit more about these vests on a, a future episode. But the bottom line is, I just I really love the vest. I actually use it for upland hunting and turkey hunting. It has a a removable blaze orange patch for the back that you can take on and off. Um, so I just pop that off and then I can switch it over to uh, a turkey rig as well. And I, I actually wore it out to my deer stand for the opener of gun deer because I wanted to carry a, a little buddy heater that I had because, you know, I'm a baby and I get cold sometimes. It was really cold that day. So it's like, oh, this is perfect. I have my upload vest in the truck. So I threw the heater in the game bag and it was it was great. It was perfect. So it's just, lugging it out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a really versatile vest. Um, really like it so far um 
so yeah, that's, a, that's about it. And I think we'll learn more here maybe on the next episode. Yeah. Um, for, I, first, that clip is going on social media that you hauled a little buddy heater and you're out to your deer stand in your final rise vest. I mean, that, yeah. that is that is spot on. That is awesome. Well, it's great. I mean, you're usually, you're usually carrying like a, a, you know, a seat cushion and then you got your deer rifle, you know, maybe a cup of coffee or your mug, your thermos, you don't have, you don't have room to hold all this stuff. So I was like, the game bag is perfect. Let's just load a bunch of crap up in there, throw the vest on and walk out to my deer stand. It was great. Oh, I'm, I'm dying <laughs> I can't, here. I can't be the first one that's tried that, but maybe we can talk a little bit you more. might be with the body heater though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm tapping into an untouched market here (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh okay yeah we got i have thoughts we'll have to talk about after we stop recording okay uh i know i know you don't want to go into details but what let me ask you two questions though first what other brands of vest did you look did you look at um i looked at chief upland and i looked at uh hunt ready i think was the other one okay Okay. And those, those are the three that I've spent time looking yeah, at as well. Yeah, it, it seems like in the tactical game, those are probably the three big players as of right now. Yeah. And then my follow-up to that is what was the deciding one, two, or like three factors that made you move in the uh, final rise direction and pull the trigger there? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Uh, the Chief Upland one, I thought looked a little constrictive like it it looked like it was you know it covers a lot more of your upper body and your back and i just thought that you know and maybe i'm completely wrong but just looking at the pictures it seemed like it might be a little hot and too constricted for me Um, so that was that was one of the big factors on why i kind of steered away from that one and the, the final rise one i liked a lot as well just because um i liked the waist belt a lot he's got like a lumbar support in the back which I liked. I liked the game bag. It's nice and big. Um, it sits high up on your on your back. Um, and then I liked the straps are like super, super thin. Um, that was one of the things that I was worried about is that, you know, the straps would kind of alter the way that I shoot um, and that I'd have a hard time, you know, shouldering the gun properly. But the way his straps sit on your, your shoulders, it feels like there's nothing there. Like you just have a t-shirt on. It's they, they fit super nice and flat. You know, there's no slack. I've never like caught them with the butt of the gun, you know, shouldering in the field. Um, and so that was, that was kind of the big thing for me. Good. Yeah. It's good. I don't have any other questions on that. That was good. That was a good explanation. Uh, all right. Did we cover vests? Any other thoughts on vests, gentlemen? No, I don't think so. What do we got next? Ooh, everybody's favorite firearms. The pew pews. Pew pews. Yeah. Pew pews. Um, I'll go first because I'm not very exciting. Um, you probably got I, the newest gun out of all of us, though. Um, sure. It's fair. That's true. That's a, probably a true statement. I am shooting my Frankie Affinity in the Upland Field because, I, well, so I used to shoot uh, an American Arms 12 gauge over under that. Uh, had a we had an unfortunate incident and that gun met its demise. So um yeah, yeah. you want to fill us in on how that happened exactly? No. <laughs> <laughs> Something about leaving it on your truck and driving off and that that is exactly how it happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a number of years ago. Um Oops. yeah, I I went out and with with Mac and um uh shot first public land rooster and i was really excited we we walked a bunch and got back to the truck and or almost back to the truck and all of a sudden he got birdie and kind of like we're coming uphill to the truck and he started to work back downhill and he's going down and kind of disappears and i just stop for a second and all of a sudden this rooster i'm not i'm serious when i say this rooster popped up at about 60 yards and i pulled the gun and i was like uh i'll just shoot anyway you'd like it burns at 80 yards by the time i pull the trigger right and smoke it right and it drops and it's going downhill so it's it's over 100 yards away um and at this point in time and that's at this point in time mac was steady to wing shot and fall i couldn't see him bird hits the ground yell mac he i see some you know grass um working and i just sit there and wait and 
couple minutes later, he comes back with it, you know, all proud and happy and exhausted. And I was, it was just pumped. It was like, I was, or I was pumped. It was just a really cool moment. And the truck was like one minute away. So I get back and I unload the gun and I just set it on the, set on the windshield, like right below the windshield wipers and take some pictures. I'm all excited, you know, send them some, send them some text messages. It was like, it was great. Right. First public ran public land rooster, my dog that I trained, um, you know, the shot, the retrieve, everything just, it just came together. It was like a magical moment, you know, and I pack everything up, get the dog water. I get in and start driving down the road and all of a sudden something flies over the windshield. I'm like, what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, it's actually, man. it's embarrassing. I don't even like telling the story because I relive those like, gut-wrenching horrific type feelings inside of me every time i tell it because i can see that and i just went oh my gosh did i really just just do that deflated after such a high you know it's just oh man that's that's hard that was yeah uh yes just yes so no i did not want to tell that story but (laughs) sorry thank you i had i had had to i had to put you on the spot there that's fine it's too good not to tell it's good it's you can if you're not me you can laugh at it i still can't laugh at it because it's not that it's not it's not that great do you still Um, have do you still have the gun i do yeah it's in my basement yeah okay you'd have to it's a nice like mantle piece you know nice memory yes. for you to put above the yeah. fireplace yeah um if you you know cut off like half the barrel it might be usable so <laughs> some um, people do that I, it's, true. it's true i have looked i have so i have looked at over unders for a while and i'm i'm really torn between a 20 and a 12 so I live in southeastern wisconsin i hunt a lot of game farms and the public land birds that I hunt are game farm birds. There's just not wild birds here, which means that 20 gauge is more than enough firearm for those birds. Mm-hmm. And so I know a guy, there's a local fleet farm 10 minutes away. They stock this little Stevens 20 gauge over under. I've held it. I've used it. I'm like, that would be perfect. It's like quite affordable. Five, five, five or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yep. 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 You got it. Like that would be the perfect training game farm type gun. Right. But then if we're going to go out that, that gun is not going to be viable. If we're going out to Iowa every single year to chase wild birds. So well, what, you know, a little poll that I did, I mean, there's, it seemed like there's quite a I few know. guys using a 20 gauge in the upland field, but, but I mean, well, a big old we, public land rooster might be a little different, but if you're yes. chasing grouse or chucker yeah. or a little yeah. bit of a smaller upland bird, it's probably perfect. Yeah. So I'm not going to buy two guns. So, but I'm torn between the 20 and the 12 and that, cause the 12 gauge, like I, the gun that I want that I've looked at is a CC USA. So, yep. Like it's just affordable. It's a nice gun. They're nice guns. I've held them, um, used them. I've shouldered them. Um, they used to have the CZ USA upland ultralight and I don't know what they, why they stopped making it, but <clears throat> it was, it was six pounds. I mean, you it's probably don't want to. Like is it called the Drake, right? The the one that they have now. They have the Drake. That's the other one. That one's like seven pounds now, so it's a little heavier. Okay. But that would be the that would be the one. It's like eight hundred dollar price point for for a very nice firearm that I would use, and then I could beat the crap out of, and you know, not you know, try to keep it nice, but realistically, probably not yep. do that great with it. I probably beat it up a lot. Um, I was looking though, Jeff. For you, since you are Mr. Lefty, they do have the CZ Swamp Magnum Camo. It is a waterfowling over under. Oh, yeah. So it's probably got the Tang safety. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just, I only got two shots, man. I need more than I need as many shots <laughs> as we can get. <laughs> but well, I guess if you have less shots, maybe you're a little bit more focused and you, you tend to shoot a little bit better knowing you only have two. I mean, that third shot, what are we really doing besides? Yeah, that's you're probably just wounding birds at the third shot unless you're shooting a triple. And we all know that's not that's not happening with us. Probably. Probably not. (laughs) No, definitely. definitely not. Yeah, I've seen a couple over and unders. I I I think Browning might make one, too. That's like the bottomlands camo to waterfall over and under. They're, They're cool looking. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm just, we're, you know what? 
on this podcast, we we look out for each other. And I'm just looking out for you here. Thank okay. you. I appreciate that. Um, so that's that's my that's my gun story. Not great. Um, shooting a you know carrying around a a camo gun out in the upland field. This is what it is. I have no shame. Clearly, yeah. So, don't you shouldn't. But, no, I don't. Um, it works. Whatever you like, yeah. Whatever you like, whatever you shoot well with, that's what you should bring. Yeah, I don't. I shoot. I shoot. I feel fairly confident shouldering it. So that's yep. half the battle that's, there. That's important. Uh, all right. Who who wants to go next and talk about firearms? Matt. Matt. Yeah. And uh, we talked on the previous one. I'm doing the same thing as Tyler. I just take my waterfall super black eagle two out. Nothing special. Nothing different about it. Now, no longer have the sling on it when I'm in the upland field, as we've talked about before. I think at one point in Iowa, all three of us had camo guns out in the upland field. Yeah, you were switching back. I was I was using my Mossberg for a little while too. Yeah, yeah. So same boat as Tyler. Love to have an over under. Just kind of like the vest. Won't pull the trigger on it because I'm a bit cheap and spend it all on duck hunting right now. We're not we're not cheap. We're frugal here. Frugal, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got we've got. Yeah, yeah, we have, there's definitely a difference. I, I, yeah. I have to tell people this sometimes. Yeah. yeah, we're you know what we have we have we all have young children here. All right, yeah. we have to fund we have to fund their college fund. Right, right. So that's what that's what I tell myself. Okay, Matt, over yeah. under which if you're looking if you're gonna buy one, have you looked at anything specific? I haven't looked far enough. I mean, actually. On a realistic basic, that that's CZ USA, that seems kind of like where it's at. Under a thousand bucks, you wouldn't feel really bad about it. Mm-hmm. I'd love love to have one of those. Um, okay. Pipe dream would be like what, what is it? The Benelli eight twenty eight. Uh, yeah. That gun is so slick looking. Looking at I it shouldered yesterday. one of those. Did you yeah. actually? Did you shoulder it? I haven't yet. No. Okay, I shouldered one of those um, last year. And I don't know what it was, but I hated the feel of it. Yeah, but you but look really they cool. Look, they look so <laughs> badass. Yeah. I, I picked that gun up, though. I was just like, Ugh, no. I mean, it probably works for a lot of people, but it just did yeah. not feel right. Yeah, I haven't picked it up, mostly because it's in that glass case, and I'm usually just <laughs> window shopping at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so primary, you just you just use the the same gun. It's efficient. Yeah, it's effective. Yep. yep. Jeff. Yeah, I I tend to cycle through guns, um, depending on what I I tend to be shooting best at the moment. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I. Jeff, <laughs> did you play I, baseball? Are you superstitious or something? Yeah, I did play baseball, and I did the same thing when I played baseball, where you know you get in a slump and you take one of your batting gloves off. And then you take both the batting gloves off and then you put both the batting gloves back on and you just ride it out until, you know, you hit the slump before you try something different. So that's kind of the same thing I do with guns, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't have a ton of guns. I don't have really expensive guns, so it's, it's, it's okay. Um, but my, my primary upland gun that I've used is an over and under. It's a, a Remington, uh, it's 12 gauge Remington over and under. It's actually a trap gun. Um, there's an engraving of a uh, uh, clay on the side of it. Um, so it's it's heavy, um, but it's because it's heavy, it's really smooth and it it has like very very little recoil, which I like. The heavier the gun, usually the the lighter the recoil, which is which is good. Um, and I, I don't mind lugging it around; it's not too bad. Uh, so that's my primary one. But I did kind of get into the slump with it this year. I changed chokes to uh, a choke that allowed me to shoot both steel and lead, and I could not hit anything with these new chokes that I bought. Um, so then I went back to the lead only chokes and I think it was all in my head at that point and I still couldn't hit anything. So I switched over and I was actually using my waterfall gun for a little while, my Mossberg 930. And I was shooting well with that, but lugging, I mean, that thing is even heavier than my over and under, like lugging that thing around for hours on end is really hard. Um, and then my fun gun, I have a, uh, a side-by-side it's, I call it my Elmer Fudd gun. It's a, a 16 gauge. It's like a 19, I think it's like a 1952. It's a, a, a Savage Fox uh, side-by-side 16 gauge. It's a really cool gun. Um, it's got all like the, you know, bluing on the side of it. It's it's really pretty. But that gun I only take out, like, you know, if we maybe already shot a couple birds and the weather's nice and, you know, I'm not not too worried about 
you know, shooting straight, I'll bring that gun out and have a little bit of fun with it. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's about it. Did you bring the gun to Iowa? The side by side? I don't know. I bought, I brought my over and under and then my, my Mossberg, my 930. I have to say, listening listening to you talk though about how heavy those guns are, it makes me wonder. Makes me wonder about the back, Jeff, and if you need like an ultralight gun. Yeah, maybe. But that's the thing though with the recoil. You know, the lighter the gun, the more that thing's going to kick. Um, but you know, a lot of people say you don't feel the recoil when there's a, a big rooster flying in front of you, right? Yeah, I, I I would I would say this, right? How many? So I guess my argument would be, you know, you're not going to shoot a a hundred rounds at a five stand, you're probably going to pull the trigger three, four, five times max, hopefully. Right. If you're shooting, right. If you're shooting, right. So little lighter gun, I'm all for the lighter gun, a little yeah. bit more recoil. Yeah. I would love to have an instinct, the Franke instinct there over and under. I've, I've shouldered that gun a couple of times and I shouldered that right after I shouldered the eight to eight. And I liked the feel of the instinct, like so much better. It just felt natural um, for me. That or uh, obviously a Satori would be pretty, pretty nice to have, you know, the trigger's gold, the bird will fold, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah. No, there's, uh, I just put it on my tab here. Another thing I want to buy. <laughs> New firearms. You got to get a gun. I got to, I got to sell you my gun safe so I can buy a bigger one and I can fit more guns and you can you have do. mine. What are you going to do? Ta- we've talked about this already. When are you going to do that? Let's, we'll talk. Okay. What do you want we'll for talk. it? I don't know. I don't even know what they're going for anymore. Let's negotiate on the air here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move along here. Uh, last last topic here. We have dog gear. Yeah. What do you What do you equipping your dogs with when you are taking them out in the upland field? Uh, Jeff, why don't you just keep on rolling here? Okay. Uh, for Josie, I have a, I buy the Cabela's ripstop vests. I think you can get them. They're like 30 or 40 bucks on Cabela's. Um, I've used that for the last three seasons and I have a, a new one in the, in my bin still waiting to be used. I'm just waiting for the other one to fall apart before I use it. Um, but those have been, those have been working really well for me. Um, her underbelly gets really beat up if I don't have a vest on her with how, I mean, she has like no hair underneath her. I mean, she's short hair as it is and her belly is just like bare. So if she doesn't have a vest on, it's it's horrible. Uh, and then Lauren gets gets all bent out of shape. And, oh, geez, you hurt her. You know, you know how that goes. I'm sure you guys all know how that goes. <laughs> when you bring your dogs home, I'll be up. <laughs> is she going to listen to this episode? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, she- if not, we need to make sure, to, or if she does, we got to make sure she doesn't make it to this point, huh? Yeah, yeah. You notice how Matt yeah. and I didn't didn't say a word. We didn't shake our head yes you or guys no. Know, we just sat you guys here quietly. It's true too. You know it's true. I've heard I've heard you, Tyler, talk about Jess getting upset with you, with Mac being all you know, hurt or injured after rip, Iowa, ripping yeah. his balls open. I'm sure she was happy about that one too. Oh. He didn't rip them up, but it was just a surface wound. <laughs> Same a lot of blood, though. Yeah, there was. <laughs> oh. But yeah, those ripstop vests work pretty good. I You got to buy them like off-season, though. They, they always sell out right before the season. So I'll usually buy them in the spring or in the summer. And I always have to have a – I like to have a backup. But they're pretty cheap. And then if, you know, if a buckle breaks in the field or it rips or something like that, you you got another one ready to go. Uh, but then other than that, I have a co- I have an e-collar for her. I just bought the, two years ago now, I bought the Garmin Sport Pro. I think that's right, isn't it, Tyler? Garmin Sport yes. Pro? Yep. I really like that one. I had a, a sport dog collar for a couple of years, um, but then when it broke, I decided to invest in a Garmin, spend a little bit more money. Um, I like that it has the, it's got the separate button for, you know, applying pressure, um, tone and then vibe so it's got three separate buttons that you don't have to spin a dial to get to the different settings like you do with the sport dog so it's really nice it's all right there and you just kind of memorize where the buttons are in your in your pocket or in your vest um and then the other feature that i like about i don't know if you guys know what it has this but it has a, a light like a little spotlight on it so you can turn the spotlight on from the remote so like if you're you know going around the neighborhood for a walk 
you can turn the light on via your remote and it's a little LED light. It's really bright actually. And I've used it when she's in the backyard too. If you know, I let her out to go to the bathroom or something and I can't see her, I'll turn the light on, you know, and you can see her running through the grass, you know, cause of a little spotlight in front of her. Um, so that's a really cool feature that I, I've liked and we, we use quite a bit actually. That's, so that's cool. it. I've, that's yeah. it. it I, those collars, I, I've turned that on, but I actually don't know how to turn it on using the remote. Or even so how gotta, to do it. You yeah. have to go into the, there's an aux. Oh, there's yeah. An aux yeah. like setting on the dial. Yep. And then when you do that, it's kind of like hitting alt on your keyboard. There's like a separate set of functions for each one of the buttons. So oh, I think yeah. like the, the tone and the vibe button turn the, the spotlight on and off when you're in that aux mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's handy. We did, I didn't, I thought it was kind of like a gimmicky thing initially, but I, we actually use it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I like sport dog, sport, carbon sport pro. Carbon sport pro. It's a good, it's a good collar. It's a really yeah. good collar. Um, Matt, are you running Garmin collars? No. Uh, I've got all doctor stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. One of the, I won't say it. I won't say it. <laughs> well, Tyler, uh, Tyler, you're a Garmin man, right? I am. I do. I like Garmin. I, I've used dog. Doctor has nice collars. I've used them before. Yeah. They're very nice. Um, okay, Matt, get your you you have Maggie equipped head to toe here. Yeah, run us we, run us through the run us through your before, list so she's here. got the uh, the rec specs. Um, just notorious for injuries and eye injuries, so that's you more still got to get the, the googly eye one that I said. I know, I know. <laughs> they, they need that was... blaze orange eye, like a reflective oh, the blaze orange, orange like, like mirrored be, finish. I'd, yeah, I'd buy that right now for the season if they had it out. That would, that would be um, badass. She also wears a uh, Browning chest protector vest, I think it's called, something like that. Um, it's got three Velcro straps, like two around the waist, one around the neck, um, kind of like a rubbery like chest guard type thing. And then, I mean, it just keeps a lot of burrs off of her just in general. And she's notorious for barbed wire. So um, I like to think it's helped in the past. Based on what it looks like, I'd say it's done its job so far. Um, it's it's losing a lot of strings. I don't know how many more seasons the Velcro is getting kind of weak. I've again just been pushing it off. Last year I was like, oh, I'll look for another one. I gave it one more year and it looks okay enough. We'll we'll see if it makes you gotta it have through the all of have the backup on. on I, I know I, we talked about it and I think we'll have to get one because I'm not sure. Like when that Velcro fails, like that'll be that'll be all over. So she has got that, and then yeah, she she wears a Dogtra 1900s collar in the, that's our hunting and training collar um that's our primary newer the, uh, the the 1900s that has goes from zero to 127 collar wise yeah. correct yep. how yep. did so how did you find the right level for her because there's 127 different levels if you had to go to 127 i don't know what kind of dog you have <laughs> i'll start with that um since I use it Probably as my training, chow chow. yeah. <laughs> as I use it as my training collar, I mean, you just kind of start basic, right? And you work your way up. And then I know from enough training, like if she's in a super hyperactive, like ready to go train type of thing, like like in a hunt test scenario type thing, like I don't know, it's getting up into the middle numbers there, depending on the day, but on a regular day or if you just want to recall or something, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to find that number, yeah. but start low. Yeah. I'm just giving you flack. Yeah. No. Cause I'm, I see I, it just depends. Right. So, uh, the people that we originally trained with and did like obedience with their doctor, doctor people, and, uh, that's what they promote. And then when you get to meet people and you know, some dealers or whatever, like I do, and you get a 50% off collar, that's what you go with at the time, right? Doesn't take much if you yeah. get a good, nice little discount. Yeah. yeah. Sold. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And if it was any other brand, it'd be the same. Would have been the yeah. same story. Yeah. No, the, the, I know a lot about collars because I used to sell them. Um, but yeah, then I would, I would equate the 1900S to the, to the Sport Pro, sort of like the, the mid level collar, like really high quality, a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, it's not, not the top the, end. It's not quite for, the edge or the yeah. edge RT. I think it is yep. maybe on the dogtra side. Yep. But yep. Yeah. You know, and the, the Sport Pro is not the Pro 550. 
but like for most people, it's more, it's, it's, it's the right fit. You don't need to spend the extra $200 yeah, um, right. unless you're running multiple dogs and, you know, right. training year round kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a good collar. I've, I've yeah. used it. I've seen it. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I used to run the, I used to run the sport pro and I love that. Like the handheld um, everything literally I could run it and I used to guide with it and I could, I could switch without looking switch dogs and then switch the level of stim that I was going to use, um, without looking at it. It was, it was great. Um, I did, I did, uh, level up to, well, what level up in, in asterisks here or quotes, not asterisk quotes, uh, to the pro 550. Um, and I like, I do like that collar. It's not as great for in the field because the controller itself is huge. Yeah, it's right? really and long, isn't it? Really so, long. Um, so okay. like, yeah, that's like the Edge RT one where it's like yeah. that round cylinder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's, you know, it's great for training purposes. It's not, um, I don't think it's as good out in the field because it's so heavy. It's so bulky. You put it on that like lanyard and you like, kind of step forward lose your balance and it's like whapping you in the chest um yep. versus the you know the sport pro is just a really light little handheld and i still yeah. have that sport pro controller and i can it this the the pro 550 and the sport pro um controllers use the same actual collar so you can just sync them back and forth and i'll do that mm. sometimes too. so that's kind of cool uh and that's about it for dog gear that my dogs wear they don't well the other one hasn't actually hunted yet. Ren has not hit the field yet, right? She's 10 months now. Yeah, she's 10 months now. Um, so I think for her, I probably will get a vest for her um, at some point, but that's to be determined down the road. Mac is just kind of like, you know what? He's just, we just turn him loose and let him run. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a couple e-collar or e-collar on each dog and we just go. I don't, I think rack specs could be in the future though. Um, you know, to your point, you know, you, if your, your dog comes back very beat up, you're likely to hear something from your significant other. Um, and yes, I have heard those same comments. Right. But that was like after Iowa where, I mean, you know, the dog's paws are beat up, their nose is a different color, you know, they don't. Um, so, but, but, you know, you get, they, they are part of the family. So you, mm -hmm. you got to keep them healthy. You got to keep them safe. Tyler, have you ever experimented with any GPS collars? I have not. No, I mean, I, I know with you guys with labs, you're not really worried about you know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't like. I've guided some with pointers with GSPs in the past, but that's like you're. It's, it's we're on a game farm. We're not out on like thousands of acres of public land. And even if we right. were, I don't know if I'd be, if I would be the handler to let my dogs um run that big right right i just like i like a little bit more control i like to see them close and on wild birds too you know are they gonna hold that long right for you especially to with, with a flushing dog it's it's a completely different thing it's a completely right? different game with it but if you had yeah. a pointing dog and you let them you let them run out 300 yards and point birds are the birds actually going to hold like before you get there are they gonna yeah mostly yeah and is that dog going to hold too i mean that's another thing too if that sure, bird yeah. takes off is that dog going to hold you know yeah I, uh, yeah those things just notoriously want to run it's cool it's cool watching those guys that run hounds for oh, whether it be like yeah. pigs or you name it you know and they're watching it on the on the gps that's that's pretty cool to watch yeah that is cool that's, that's a garmin, totally different yeah. yeah garmin makes some pretty cool ones and I, i've thought about it you know if we do a lot more public land hunting you know if we're going to the dakotas and iowa and running big huge chunks you know especially if i'm not running a bell on josie and you're in really thick cover sometimes that would be nice just to be able to look down and kind of see like what direction she's in you know even if she's only 50 yards or 100 yards out you know if she's you know, moving real slow or on point, it's nice, you know, it'd be nice to be able to look down and at least see where she is. Um, I know Garmin has that, that Alpha 10. Yeah. It's like the real, I think it's a newer model, right, Tyler? Yeah, um, yeah. It's really compact, small GPS collar. It looks really cool. I've, I've been uh, intrigued to, to try it out. Yeah. But we'll see. It's, that's a big investment. Yes. That's oh, yeah. like a four figure investment, I believe. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, when you throw yeah. the collar and the handheld, you're you're looking at probably a thousand bucks, probably, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Yes. 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 All right. That's it for dog gear. What do we miss? What do we miss, guys? Anything? No. Any any other thoughts, questions, queries, quagmires? No, we're going to talk about. Uh... Uh, decoys and calls decoys and calls yeah and then i got these these i just picked up these brand new like pheasant decoys and i heard you just you know throw a couple of those on the side of like a you know side of the field somewhere a nice little transition you know you make a couple of rooster cackle calls and things just come running make sure you, you, you haven't heard of these things sure you oh, haven't heard of them it's like a full yeah. strut rooster decoy <laughs> That'd be Check cool, them out. Look, look up on Amazon. They got the with the rooster cackle call paired with it. You just sit there; those things just come running out of the cover, man. <laughs> That's no? good. No. no, no, I haven't. You'll have to. You'll have to. Why don't you send Matt a picture after we're done? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're gonna just wrap it up right now. That's that's a good way to end. If you've made it this far, um, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you want to share what you're running from an Upland uh, gear standpoint, look us up on social media. Hit us up. We're on TikTok. We're on the gram. We're on Facebook. Send us a message. Chat with us. We'd love to know what you're doing. We'd love to know if there's something we're not thinking about. Um, and just we'd just love to converse and then talk talk hunting and and, and dogs and uh, and gear and everything else. Hit us up there. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review. And then uh, we'll have another episode out here soon. I think we're going to get into some guest episodes with some awesome guests. Uh, so come back and, and tune in uh, when those episodes release.